ready for a break. I start to water cause the words are a mace. Iris burning up, no blue light filter. Dizzy all of a sudden, my balance off kilter. I just bought a bunny and I named him regret. Tummy can't handle Swiss, so I feed him the cheddar. News just in. Rami's not cool, so I ate the newspaper. Ink bled through my stool. Tripped onto paper, formed into questions. Poisoned veins and prevented erections. Made a weird joke, my friends don't get it. Some in the scapegoats, they're the ones that said it. Working on the subway laptop, ate my soul. Cloud ate my data. Story tadpole. Story tadpole, story tadpole, story tadpole. Mic check. Mic check one two. Mic check one two one two. <laughs> Welcome to Sword Tadpole. <laughs> Brenda Wong, the runt kitten of the pussycat litter, was thrown into the tree by her owner. The owner's name was Sergey, an Asian-American cat lady. Those names are very recent. It used to be the other way around. Brenda Wong used to be the cat lady. Sergey used to be the kitten. While things were the way they used to be, Brenda Wong was a very loving caretaker. This was not the case the day she threw Sergey into the tree. It is normally a cat's decision to climb into a tree. There are a variety of reasons why a cat might choose to climb a tree, and all of them have to do with a cat's fragile emotional state. Just in case you didn't know, pussycats feel most comfortable when they don't take life too seriously. Also, they are unpredictable in all facets, except in their unpredictableness and their need to rub themselves on things. Sergey, while he was still a pussycat, had a morning routine. He rubbed himself against his sleeping mother until she awoke and purred from the friction, and then he'd do something unpredictable. On June 1st, which was a Tuesday, Sergey had a staring contest with a cricket on the windowsill. The cricket won the staring contest, but only because Sergey did not take life too seriously. He then told the cricket that he was going to eat him in five seconds. The cricket, who Sergey viewed as a creature without a proper name, but whose name was actually St. James, told Sergey that he was a beautiful creature, a creature deserving of life. Then he said that he, St. James, was perhaps a less beautiful creature, who was not as soft as Sergey, and was probably much dirtier than Sergey, but who was equally deserving of life. Because pussycats are great listeners, Sergey listened to what St. James the Cricket said, and then decided that he was both more powerful than the cricket and cared not a bit about the cricket's life. If you haven't ever seen a cricket speak with diligence toward a pussycat, then let me tell you. It's quite a sight because just for a moment, you can see a little hiccup in the pussycat's eyes, and pussycat's eyes rarely hiccup. So although all of Sergey's instincts told him to eat St. James and get on with both his rubbing up against things and his unpredictableness, there was just a little baby second guess. St. James was a very intelligent cricket, 
So he used this opportunity to hop high into the air, swivel around, and spray Sergei with his bug juice. Let me elaborate. St. James was not only intelligent, but like his father and his grandfather before him, St. James was born with the ability to shoot a ripe juice from his hindquarters. The juice hit Sergei square in the eyebrows and then dripped down into his bright green eyes. Sergei blinked. One of his eyes turned blue, the other turned gold. At that precise moment, Sergei stopped seeing the cricket, and he stopped seeing the windowsill that the cricket stood on, and he stopped seeing almost everything else the way it used to be. In an instant, he also forgot that he was Sergei the Pussycat and started believing he was Sergei the Japanese-American Cat Lady, who loved all the cats, including the runt kitten of the Pussycat Litter, who was, of course, now named Brenda Wong. Meanwhile, St. James the Cricket crawled into the little crevice below the windowsill, through a length of hollowed xylem that he tunneled from scratch, and passed the little pile of shavings that looked like a tan-colored bicycle cassette. Just behind the cassette-shaped pile, there was a tiny cricket-sized archway that led to St. James's studio. In it lived St. James, his wife, whose name was Crenshaw, and his newborn baby boy. The cricket-sized bed in the corner was propped up on bitty pegs. All three crickets slept in that bed. Right beside it was a cricket-sized table. All three crickets ate at that table. Every night, together. All three crickets loved each other very much, and they showed it by giving back rubs and by making crickety noises. When Crenshaw asked St. James how his day went, St. James told her that it started off a good day because he did his morning stretches on the windowsill, and the sunrise was magnificent. But then he told her that it ended up poorly because he was forced to use his special juice in order to escape from the clutches of a kitten named Sergei. He said that he tried to reason with the kitten, but it was to no avail. A kitten simply doesn't value the life of a cricket. He began to rant about what the world was coming to, how it was a terrible injustice that beautiful creatures saw less beautiful creatures as scum. The baby whined, and Crenshaw made a crickety noise to calm him. She made another crickety noise to calm St. James, but it didn't work. She tried to calm him in other ways, too, but none of them worked. She told St. James that he was a beautiful creature. She told him that the kitten's intentions were just peanuts because he, St. James, was loved. St. James made a crickety noise and thanks, but it wasn't entirely authentic. He was still very worked up. Had he known the effect his bug juice had on Sergei, he would have felt less worked up because it would all be fair. But very little research had been done in regards to what bug juice actually was and how it affected different creatures, and St. James had never used it before. He'd only heard stories from his father and his grandfather about what it made other creatures do. His grandfather told him about a time when he was under attack during the Vietnam War. A badger was chasing him. I took a right, then a left, then a left, then a right. But the damn badger was hard on my tail, and quick as a badger. I couldn't shake him, so I gave him the juice. The badger stopped, then took a left, then a left, then a left, then a left. And it became clear to me that he was running in circles. St. James 
had wondered if the Vietnam War had been a thing for animals too. That was the only time he'd ever heard his grandfather say anything about it. St. James smiled at his wife, gave his baby boy a comforting scratch on the cheek with one of his feet, then proclaimed, I am going to bed. Crenshaw looked at the baby boy. The baby boy looked at his mother, and St. James slept. Sergey, who now held the position formerly held by Brenda Wong, was certain he knew what all this meant. But that is only because former pussycats that have become humans are always certain. Really, he didn't know what anything meant. He hadn't the foggiest clue as to why he was now a person. For one side effect of the bug juice is not knowing that you have been sprayed with bug juice. Yet Sergey was sure all of this was the result of karma, that he was given a gift because he had fought through weeks of malnourishment and runthood. His first order of business as Brenda Wong, the cat lady, was to inspect the runt kitten of the pussycat litter that was formerly himself. He attempted to make his way to the living room, which was where all the kittens slept and drank mother's milk. The attempt failed. The first reason for this was he did not understand why there was so much noise when he moved. When he was a kitten, there was barely a whisper as he zoomed through all kinds of obstacles. When he made the first step, the noise was so unexpected that he jumped two feet in the air, which was higher than Brenda Wong's former body had ever jumped. He then landed awkwardly and tumbled into a painting easel. The easel broke. A large splinter became lodged in Sergei's leg. He tried to whine like a cat, but what came out of his mouth was nothing like the whine of a cat. It was more like the death-curdling scream of an old lady who thought she had the vocal cords of a freshly pruned eunuch. For most, pain takes priority. But for a cat lady who was once a runt kitten, the first order of business is simply the first order of business. And in this case, it was to reach the living room. So he tried to crawl towards the living room. It hurt. Sergey paused for a moment and looked at his leg for the first time. There was blood and it was bright red. He was wearing bright orange stockings. Before when he was a kitten, blood and the stockings were both the same shade of gray. It was all very upsetting. Also before Brenda Wong had always dealt with any injury that the cats had. Thus, Sergey thought if he just let the splinter remain in his leg, it would just go away eventually. He pulled himself another meter. The doorbell rang. Sergey froze. The doorbell rang again. Sergey meowed, but it didn't sound like a meow. It sounded like, who's there? The thing behind the door responded. You okay, Miss Wong? Sergey made another noise that came out as, uh. The thing behind the door opened the door. It was a young lady. Sergey had seen her before. She lived next door. The lady screamed, Oh my God, there's a stick in your leg. Sergey meowed and it came out as, Don't worry, it will come out. The lady gave Sergey a menacing look, shook her head, shut the door, reopened the door, made a frustrated noise, whispered something like, Crazy old people, and approached the leg with a stick in it. Sergey was scared and said, Ayah! and crawled as fast as he could toward the living room. The lady thought about saying a bad word. She didn't like to say them, but this, she decided, was a special case. 
So she said, What the fuck are you doing? Sergei screamed, Aya! And continued to pull himself toward the living room. Finally, he reached the living room, and there was the runt kitten, trying to suckle at her mother's teat, but failing to make room for herself amongst her stronger siblings. This runt kitten, of course, was Brenda Wong. She had already been past the phase of, what the hell is going on, and this must be a dream, and I'm a kitten, I guess this is a thing that just happens sometimes, this can be fixed, and was now in the phase of, I want milk. The neighbor hating the day, but feeling guilty about leaving an old cat lady with a stick in her leg, followed Sergei into the living room. Sergei saw her following. He didn't like anybody chasing him, so he clawed at the neighbor right across the forehead as she bent down. The body of the cat lady had long cat lady fingernails, so the scratch was somewhat serious. After that, the neighbor lady really hated the day. There was blood in her eyes from the new wound. She was angry, but a productive kind of angry that empowered her to want to get things done. With this productive, angry mindset, the neighbor grabbed the stick in Sergei's leg like it was Excalibur, and she yanked it like a kingdom depended on it. The splinter came free. Sergei screamed and clawed. Brenda Wong began to suffocate under the weight of her heavy siblings and got no milk. The neighbor's face was smeared in blood, and she was holding a large bloody stick over an old lady with a hole in her leg. While all of this was happening, St. James was sitting on the windowsill with his family. They had left their home to go for their morning walk, but stopped when they saw the neighbor with the bloody stick standing over the wailing cat lady who was gasping helplessly toward a collection of kittens as they drank milk from their mother. There was catatonia in the air. And that is no pun. St. James knew suddenly that all this was his fault. He had distorted the way things were. That somehow that little mist of liquid he ejected from his abdomen changed not only the mind of Sergei, but also the intrinsic nature of everything in the surrounding area. And what St. James found even more disturbing was he didn't know how he knew this. He just did. The whole thing made him feel like the devil's consultant and he didn't like it, for he, St. James, was a family man, a cricket of principle, and above all, a good-hearted creature. He then thought about his name. He was St. James, named after St. James, a martyr, a person of principle. The little cricket stood there with his family and knew in under one hour his wife would be a widow. I have to fix this, he proclaimed. No, you don't, his wife proclaimed. Chica 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 choo, his baby boy proclaimed. It was on that note that a family of three embarked on its final walk. St. James led the way, past the pantry, through the cold dusted mittens under the pile of lint, and into their destiny. However, before they reached their destiny, they stopped at the cookie jar and ate an entire cookie. This was a mistake. Each cookie was eight times the volume of all three of them put together. Nevertheless, they continued on their way, smiles sticky with half-melted chocolate. How do you propose to fix this? asked his wife. Sacrifice, said St. James. And how would that fix anything? said his wife. I don't know, but it's worth a try, said St. James. You're going to make me cry, said his wife. And she cried. The baby boy had not a clue what was happening, but cried too.
St. James cried. What happened next was less ridiculous than it seemed. St. James leapt high into the air and landed on the nose of the neighbor and sprayed a bit of bug juice in her eyes. In nearly the same motion, he catapulted himself onto the face of Sergei the Cat Lady and sprayed a bit of bug juice in his eyes. In an entirely separate motion, he zoomed into the pile of moshing kittens and sprayed bug juice all over the place. Next thing anyone knew, they were all in a big tree outside. Except for Sergei the Cat Lady, who was on the ground looking up at the tree. The neighbor lady, who was hanging from a thin branch that could barely support her weight, expressed that she was both confused and that she was going to die. Brenda Wong, who was still a kitten, was in a much safer position, next to the other kittens, on a sturdy branch. When taking into account the volume of creature to volume of branch ratio, St. James was in the safest position. Sergey shouted from below, What happened? Brenda Wong, who didn't know what happened, said, You threw all of us up here. Sergey said, No, I wouldn't have done that. St. James said, I think you threw us up here. The neighbor lady said, It's not possible that the little cat lady threw us this high into a tree. It's also not possible that I'm able to understand a cat and a cricket. You probably did throw us up here, didn't you? In the end, no one really knew how they had gotten stuck up in that tree, and Sergei was pretty sure he didn't throw them up there, for he was nothing more than a former kitten wearing the skin bag of a cat lady. He hadn't the strength or the know-how to throw such things to such great heights. Still, he felt it his duty to get them down, so with just a little fuss he climbed up and carried them down one at a time. When it was time for Sergei to carry the cricket down, he said, I know you. You're that cricket. After our encounter, nothing was the same. Nothing was ever the same, said St. James, and he hopped into the air before Sergei could respond and landed on the ground with a soft squish. As the ghosts of St. James floated up into heaven, he questioned whether or not his sacrifice was necessary and decided that it was. When Brenda Wong's little kitten feet touched the ground, she turned back into Brenda Wong the cat lady. After Sergei climbed down, he was once again Sergei, the runt kitten of the pussycat litter. And when the neighbor lady's feet touched the ground, she remained the neighbor lady. The ghost of St. James, who was still floating up into heaven when all this was happening, thought that for sure she was another creature disguised as the neighbor lady. But no, no, she was not. She was just the neighbor lady. Sergei was the only one of the three who knew that all this was somehow caused, but more importantly, somehow fixed, by that little cricket who was now just a puddle of guts on the sidewalk. He said to the others, We owe that puddle of cricket everything. But it came out a melancholy meow. When they first met, when Sergei had been about to eat St. James, the cricket said something really insightful about how all creatures deserved a good life. But all that had felt like ages ago, so Sergei couldn't really remember what St. James had meant. It took a while before everything was normal again. For the next few months, Brenda Wong would smile awkwardly at the neighbor lady when they chanced upon each other. On the contrary, the neighbor lady frowned at Brenda Wong, whose skin bag still had a small hole in it from the splinter of an easel. 
Sergei was a kitten, so he forgot anything had ever happened. But oddly enough, whenever he saw St. James's wife walking around the apartment, something told him not to bother her. Crenshaw and her son never forgot what happened because crickets don't forget a death in the family. In fact, they erected a little cross made from cardboard matchsticks next to the dark spot on the sidewalk where St. James had died. The cross, unfortunately, was blown away by the first strong wind that fall. It was gone with the wind, you might say, if you didn't know the context. It was the thought that counted, anyway. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Story Tadpole. The episodes will, from now on, be coming out about every two weeks. But uh, thank you so much for still listening. Uh, I truly, truly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the story. I've been doing a few heavy stories, so I wanted this week to be a little bit of a lighter tone. But still with some uh, important undertones, hopefully. Um, If you like this, you can help me out by leaving a review on iTunes or on whatever podcasting app you use. Thanks again, and I'll see you when I see you. And also one last thing before I go, the amazing music this week is written and performed by Jazar and also Daniel Birch. Their music can be found at freemusicarchive.org.